for joining us for today's podcast. This is Shannon from Strategic Intervention Solutions. Today's topic is Shannon's top strategies for division. Division seems to be a hot topic right now as we're looking at our schools. In third grade, the standards have students start to learn the foundations of division and dividing groups as it relates to arrays and multiplication. As students get into fourth and fifth grade, they start learning different strategies to help them with division. While most of us learn division the traditional way, it really is still appropriate to learn division with number sense in the way that has students attending to place value before they we that we go ahead and teach them a traditional strategy with good old T-pops. I saw the power of teaching different division strategies firsthand with my fifth grade son, Connor. He came home about a month ago and was really confused about long division. He told me he understood the concept, but he didn't understand why people drew arrows to move numbers down when they don't actually represent that certain value. The sequence that I took Connor through to answer his question is the way that I would teach division to fourth and fifth grade students to help them solidify the understanding of what's going on when you divide, even when using the traditional method. To begin to understand division, we must start with conceptual understanding of what it looks like and what kind of language we use. In multiplication, we say there are five groups of seven, how many in all? For division, we might reverse the statement and say how many groups of seven are in 35? We want kids to understand that when we're dividing our target number into groups, we want to see how many there are within the in the target number that we're shooting for. Using place value disks, we can establish the conceptual understanding that we need. In this example, let's use 48 divided by 4. I would build it with 4 tens and 8 ones, either on a mat or somewhere where kids might be able to use a dry erase marker and be able to see the groups. If we divided 48 into four groups, how many would be in each group? We could then start to divide the disks evenly into four groups on the mat. I'd start by giving each group a 10 disks so that they get a group of one disk each that is 10 and distribute the remaining of the disks evenly until they were gone. Kids could see that with each group, there are there were 12, so the answer would be 12 groups of four are in 48. We could also do this with a number like 49 to help kids visualize the remainders. We have lots of pictures on our blog to kind of demonstrate this concept. When using place value disks, you want to make sure that you choose problems that are reasonable quantities so that you have enough disks per student. You don't want to use a number that's so large that you won't have combined sets, and you don't want to use a quantity that will take too long to distribute, the students will lose focus and really fail the concept of division. You also can use this with decimals divided into whole numbers as well. We want kids to see what division looks like as you divide up the disks. Our Why Before How book by Jana Haskamp is a great resource to help show the reasoning behind concepts. We highly recommend it as a companion to your place value disks to help students gain an understanding of what division really is. The conceptual understanding of division is the foundation upon which students can build as they learn new strategies for division or work with larger divisors or dividends. Students can also relate division to their understanding of multiplication, and we try to anchor their number sense using friendly numbers so that kids can grab onto the concept.
Our first strategy that we have up to bat is called multiplying up. This is the first strategy in the sequence because it's it's called multiplying up and not all textbooks use this strategy. Some go right into the traditional method which confuses kids very quickly and they become presented with a procedure to memorize for a concept they don't really understand. Multiplying up involves using what we already know with a guesstimate of how many groups are, are in the number of the target number. There's a great video on Learn Zillion that you can check out with this concept. Let's take 364 divided by four. Our target number is 364. We need to figure out how many groups of four are in there if we divided the number evenly. I set up the problem with, with a number or, or a line for the number that we're going to get an estimate to see how many times that number can go in the target. And I'll put a box around that target number. Then we'll begin to take an inquiry-based approach which strongly supports the strategy. This helps students to understand the precision and reasoning why they're thinking about how division works. We can begin to do an estimate. Let's ask a question like, could there be at least 100 groups of four in our target number? Does that make sense to students? We then want them to respond with thoughts that it's not just information being regurgitated. So let them grapple with their thoughts. Let them talk in groups. Could there be 100 groups of four and 364? Why or why not? We might get an answer like that wouldn't be possible because if we do 100 times four, that's 400, which is more than the number we're looking at, which is 364. Prior to doing division, kids have done a lot of things with multiplication. They can time something by tens or by a hundred. So those benchmarks are familiar. After they determine that a hundred is too much, I might guide them down to the next benchmark of maybe 50. Once I'm doing that, I would like the kids to kind of think about if I had 50 groups of four and 364, what would it be? Kids would respond, I know that 50 times four is 200. So write down 50 groups of four and write down the 200 down is the total. Are we to our 364? Not yet, but we have a good start. We we know that 50 groups won't work because we already said that four times 100 is too much. If we try another friendly number, we could see what works. I know 25 groups of four is 100. So if I write down and add up the totals, 200 plus 100 to get to 300, we're getting closer, but we're not quite the target number. Another 10 groups of four would add another 40. So we'd be at our target number really close to 340 in all. We can go to the next friendly number and do five groups of four, which is 20. Adding it together, we end up with 360. Just one more group of four will help us get to that target number. When we go back to add up how many groups we used, we had 50 plus 25 plus 10 plus five plus one, which equals 91 groups of four. I put a circle around the number of groups to indicate the answer of 91. The magic of this strategy is that we're really thinking about the steps we're taking as multiplying up to our target number. We could think about this as Springling's strategy in the Math Mites because she's multiplying up in groups. Instead of hopping up the number line, she can hop up into groups, say 50 groups of four, then 20 groups of four, and so on until she reaches the target number.
Multiplying up helps the students catch those benchmark numbers to help them take the number and keep bringing it down to the ballpark estimate of their target number. Eventually, they drill down to figure out how many actual groups are in that number. You could use this strategy with remainders. The only difference would be that after the students have drilled down the number as their target number, they would figure out whatever is left as the remainder. Our next strategy is partial quotients, which moves into the traditional algorithm of sorts. Partial quotients is really taking the strategy of multiplying up, but putting the numbers into standard algorithms so that kids can make the connection to division. We put the problem into the traditional division bracket, except it has a long tail, which creates a place for students to do their computation to show the totals off to the side. Let's do 481 divided by five. Of course, you would do this with a different, you could do this with different dividends or divisors, depending on how high you want the students to go, especially as their number sense gets stronger. You'll still use the ballpark estimates, even dividing the two or three digit numbers and building from there. Looking at how, let's look at how many groups of five are there in 481. We'll put the problem into a division bracket, but draw a line that goes down the side to keep the running totals off to the right. We'll put the groupings off to the side as we did before. We already know that 100 times is too much. So we can start with the friendly number of 50 groups of five. So we put 50 off to the side with the tail and multiply 50 times five, which gets us 250. We're gonna write that number under the target number so, see, so students can see that they're subtracting within the algorithm and keeping the running total as they dwindle down the number. 481 minus 250 gives us 231. So how many groups of five go are left to go into, uh, I'm sorry, how, how many groups of five can go into that amount that's left? We can see that we can't do another 50, but maybe we'll try to think about 40 groups of five. So we could write 20 off to the side and on, on, by the side where we put our 50, 40 times 5 is going to knock 200 off the total we've been working with. So 231 now becomes 31. From there, the kids might decide to try five groups of five, to skip count by 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, to see that there's six groups of five within the total of 31. Off to the side, we have 50 groups of five, 20 groups of five, 20 groups of five, and then six groups of five. When you subtract 30, you end up with a remainder of one. And as we put that down together, the five, we subtract it, there's only one left. We can also add the 50, the 40, and the six to find out that we have 481. There, there, are, there are that many groups, 96 groups of five within 481 with a remainder of one. In some ways, we could relate partial quotients to value pack because we're using the actual value of the numbers as we investigate the number groups. The traditional method, if kids understand multiplying up and then how to do partial quotients, they can start to see how division looks in the traditional algorithm. But instead of using shortcuts like arrows bringing down numbers, we which devalues the numbers, we can and can actually become confusing to students. We might try 
try to do it with showing the totals as we go. Our example for the strategy here is 256 divided by 4. In the traditional method, you might approach the problem by asking, does 4 go into 2? This is not a good practice because the 2 is not actually a 2. It's a two. The value is 200. And yes, 4 does go into 200 quite a few times, but we can't write a one above it in the bracket that really means it represents a hundred and a hundred times four is four hundred which is much higher than our target number this is why we would go ahead and put a zero in that place knowing that 100 times that number four does not go into 256. When looking at the traditional algorithm, we want to refrain from saying that a number doesn't go into another number because it actually might when you look at the value. The better way that we can help kids understand this concept and attend to place value is when they start to learn the shortcut version later, they'll actually understand they're doing it. It will even help for them when they get to algebra, when the values that they're working with might become X. In our example, we can go to the next number and see that it's 25, which is really 250. We must find out how many groups of four are in 250. Let's try 60 groups of four to see if it fits. Most kids would just write a six in the tens place above the bracket, do the multiplication of six times four. However, it's actually 60 times four, which is 240. We want to then subtract and draw some might draw an arrow down as the last digit, but if we're really attending to precision, the six at the top of the bracket isn't worth six, it's worth 60. So when we subtract the 240 from 256, we're left with 16. Now we might ask ourselves that there's four groups of four, or four groups of how many groups of four are there in 16? We know that four groups of four is 16. So we write the four in the bracket, subtract the totals, and we're left with zero. Done. Yes, in the end, drawing the errors down is a nice shortcut. But if we jump to the strategy without the foundation behind it, such as with multiplying up, then partial quotients, and the traditional method with partial quotients within the algorithm, it will completely confuse students. We can introduce shortcuts once the foundations of number sense have been firmly established. Thanks so much for joining us for our podcast this week. We hope you tune in next week for our new mystery topic.